Honestly, very, uh, I don't know if polarizing is the right word, because if you go through like the avenues that I go through online to look at like what people are talking about, it's mostly negative, which I don't understand because I thought mm-hmm. it was great. Um, but I'll talk about those things for sure at some point. Yeah. I, I think I even mentioned last week, I was just like, I already know people are going to be on the, no, it's not Black Mirror train. And I've got thoughts and I, I'm, I'll, <laughs> I'll be here to back it up. Yeah, we're going to talk about it for sure, because, you know, I it was different and definitely not what I was expecting. So I I love that, though. You know, I like, you know, kind of having that twist where it's like, oh, this is a little bit out of what we would normally see Mm -hmm. uh, while still, in my opinion, being true to the whole universe of the show, like everything that we know about Black Mirror and what it's about. Yeah. To me, still ringing true. So, I I did enjoy the episode. Uh, I appreciated the, the the shortness of it. I thought, well, this is just going to really just bang out that story, right? Like, there's not a lot of room here. Mm-hmm. We just got to get straight to it. And I appreciated that. So, but I think it it told like a full story in in that amount of time. Yeah. So, for sure, did not mind that at all. And I'm sure just because you know, as I mentioned, kind of the the, the uh, time of the episode we're probably going to have a lot of the same points is it's only my guess it's just because yeah. <laughs> it's only like 40 minutes but we might not you never know what we're going to each talk about um so yeah. i don't know let's let's get into it why don't you kick us off all uh, right tonight with your first one um i'm gonna start with mostly the ending not the very ending ending i'm gonna save that conversation but okay but but I'm just going to talk about werewolf werewolf attack that twist <laughs> there. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's that's where we're going with this thing. Um, cause yeah, wasn't really sure what to expect on first watch. You're just like, where is this going? You know, you're you're really wondering. Uh, there's a lot of stuff on second watch that I was like, oh, there's a lot of hints and the things that are being said and things that are being shown. That there was a lot of stuff building up to it that makes more sense on a second watch. But yeah, the first time I'm was caught very off guard by what was happening. You're like really not sure, especially when they like get to the cabin on the retreat and she's like tied up and then there's the goats and you're like, where is this going? And then it all makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was very fun to, to see this twist. Cause the night that I watched this the first time, cause again, I watched it just like, I actually didn't watch this episode the night everything dropped. This was, I watched those first three mm-hmm. went to bed and then got up the next day and watched these ones. But, um, Still, like the night before, we had just recorded American Werewolf for Run for Your Lives, so no. it was very, it was very fresh in my head. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So I was like, "That's funny." Like as I was watching that, I'm like, 
what what are the odds? What's the timing that I'm not seeing like this with kind of a similar like transformation scene and all of that stuff? So I was like, that's funny. Kismet, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the the werewolf thing was really interesting. Uh, I think yeah, I mean Maisie and even that doctor clearly knew what was going on because uh, they're trying to like break her out and she's just like begging them and urging them like just leave me here leave me alone run run away uh but yeah they, they don't listen uh i'll talk about all that stuff i'm sure uh later but then the the big downside i guess is like the monster movie twist of this thing is not only is she a werewolf but then you have these stupid people who break her out and then as they're running away like Bo and hector they lead this werewolf out of the facility that everything was so perfectly set up to have her isolated and away from everybody. Mm-hmm. And they lead her out of the facility under the fence where they dug a hole, <laughs> you know, and out into the woods, out into the world. This random driver is a casualty of the situation pretty early on. And then what do they do? They lead it right back to the diner uh, where this sheriff has just had the best chicken and dessert ever. Uh, <laughs> and it's funny as they're like freaking out and they're yelling and like nobody knows what they're talking about. It's coming. It's out there. It's going to come. And we calm down. But I was like, yes, lock and block the door in the building made of almost completely windows. That'll help. That'll uh, definitely keep a raging werewolf out. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> and they don't even, the werewolf doesn't even need the windows. It's going to take the back way in. Uh, so R.I.P. Jesse, purveyor of perfect pecan pies and poultry. Uh, you will be missed. At least your food will. Uh, and then everyone else in the diner just gets picked off one by one. It is like classic monster movie, like 101. You know, you have the people just getting like jumped on from the side and pulled away and the werewolf's digging into them. They have the lady that like comes up and tries to hit it with a chair and it just grabs her and pulls it down or pulls her down. I did like the the shot of uh, when the sheriff gets grabbed or whatever, like jumped on, and then his gun goes off and hits Terry standing behind oh. the diner. I was like, "Oh my god!" It's like, just they were all just falling like dominoes in that diner. Like first, yeah. that you know, there's this nice little couple just trying to enjoy. They're probably there on like a pit stop, right on mm-hmm. on a road trip or something, minding their business. That poor girl's trying to save her boyfriend, husband, friend. I don't know, whatever. You know, beating the werewolf of the chair. She then gets taken down. Yeah, the cop then shoots. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Just like, boom, boom, Just boom. Just very quickly. Uh, <laughs> it was crazy. quick and terrifying. I thought it was well done. Uh, of course, yeah. like Bo being the last one. But like I said, I will return to that point. We'll talk about that later because there's more to think about in that little last scene with Bo and, and Maisie. But. But yeah, I just wanted to like nerd out about like werewolf scenes for a little bit. <laughs> I I dig. Look, I'm in I'm into all that, you know. Mm-hmm. Vampires are like my favorite, I think, as far as, you know, if you if you're going into like the horror genre and, you know, kind of like the can't be real kind of thing. Um and werewolves is definitely right up there too, you know. Uh so yeah, this 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 was a fun fun treat for me. Yeah. As well. It did make me think, though, because I mean, we had just covered American Werewolf, but that's still the 80s. I was like, this is what we're lacking. I was like, there are no like good modern werewolf things right now. Like we ha- that's, It's a genre that really hasn't been played with much recently, and I, I'd like to see a resurgence. 
I I wouldn't be too mad about it. I'm if I'm thinking of more recent, you know, True Blood. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if you if you want to watch Twilight, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, so that's that's probably some of the more recent. If, if there's more out there, then. I, I'm not recalling. But those it. are I'm still sure like someone, what, 10, 15 years old at this they're point. They're still. Right? Oh yeah. gosh, yeah. Geez, where the freak is time gone? <laughs> right. I'm I'm getting so old. Uh, but yeah, you're right. But yeah, you're right. That's still pretty. That's that's been a while. Mm-hmm. And if anyone recalls any more recent that we're not thinking of, then then let me know. But yeah, yeah we don't get a lot of, I think, werewolf content. Uh, someone needs to do something. Yeah. Give us another twist. Uh or your modern day look at that. Yeah. Maybe this episode could be the jump start for some for some of that. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe this was this was it. Maybe Black Mirror was was it for us. You know, because I thought it was really at least watching her transform. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. You know, I don't we've n- not really gotten anything like this from Black Mirror before where they're using this type of art, you know, and transforming someone into like a creature or whatever. I mean, there, I'm sure there's other effects that have been made for, um, you know, other episodes, but not quite something like this. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was quite good. Yeah. You know, um, although I'll say that I don't know if it was me. Maybe it was intentional. I, I didn't see anything as far as like how they shot this in a certain way. But did you get some weird effects while they were running in the woods after they were escaping yeah, the retreat. It kind of had this was that. I Here's the problem sh- is I have something <laughs> I want to like reference it to. Another like thing but it comes with like a big spoiler ah, for that okay. thing. So I'm like okay. ah um So I don't know. Uh let's just say there is Man, I hate to say cuz I think I've referenced it before. So if you don't want to be spoiled about a video game that is good, good, <laughs> skip ahead like 30 seconds and I'll say it quickly. <laughs> but yeah, I recently played a video game, uh, The Quarry, that has a werewolf twist and like a lot of like before you even realize that, like it's kind of similar video like thing where it's like from that viewpoint, everything's all dark and grainy and kind of like weird veiny kind of and everything's like hyper realistic with the the you know, way that things look while like running mm-hmm. through the woods and stuff where it kind of like you're seeing it from the viewpoint of the monster, but then also like the people it's like this weird classic horror kind of cross over thing. It's yeah. I, I <laughs> so it made me think of that for sure. Okay. I, I don't know if I've ever seen that type of effect before. So mm-hmm. that was, that was kind of different. Um, and, and if it was intentional, I didn't, I don't know. It was just, it was just kind of strange and, I wasn't quite sure what to think of it, but I thought the effects as far as like the transformation of mm-hmm. of Maisie uh, turning was pretty good. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start with Bo. So, you know, we meet Bo and realize quite quickly, like she's a, a, a member of, of the paparazzi. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we see her day to day, you know, trying to, stalks some actor she gets some shots she's of course you know catches him in a very compromised position uh which is that's what they do right they're Mm -hmm. (laughs) trying to trying to get that shot you know of of, 
you know, something, something other than just some boring shot of them, like walking down Beverly Hills and shopping or something, right? They want to, they want to get something salacious. So she's got her shot. Uh, She, you know, and this poor guy realizes he's been caught in this situation, tries to barter her and pay her for the pictures. Uh, He nearly, he like tries to offer her more than even what she sells them for. Yeah. Um, and then it turns out that when that story broke, it led to him killing himself. Yeah. Um, because of that, which is terrible, terrible. Um, it's it's a, it was interesting. It, it said something about like the time frame because we see yes, we we learn that this episode a, a, a little Google search. <laughs> Luckily, <laughs> I, I don't have that information right there in my brain, but. Uh, <laughs> But I did a little Google search, and this this yeah episode starts in April of two thousand six, be- and and we know that because of the birth of Surrey Cruz is on the radio, right. and then she's listening to that. So I had to just Google like Surrey Cruz, age seventeen, born in oh six. Got it. Okay, which this just crazy to think about anyway. Like, uh, it's bananas that she's already seventeen. Yeah, because um, yeah, it seems like not that long ago. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I they. Think- the the time frame that's what i say is like with even in 06 like it's it's easy to forget that just that long ago it hasn't been that long uh mm-hmm. that like being found out as gay could ruin a celebrity's career uh I you know there know. even i mean there were celebrities in that time frame who were open and out and like free about it, but that was like part of their like branding and who they were you think of like perez hilton and stuff you know like of that time frame uh but it was like, but if you're being outed and presented as that when you like put out like a family friendly image, whatever the hell that BS actually means, uh, right. you know, it, it could be the end of of your career. And like that was still a concept and like a problem that people was. It's kind of so soapbox for a tiny little soapbox when I stand. I, uh, <laughs> so that's like, you know, when even nowadays, like in 2023, when celebrities come out as gay or bi or, you know, part of the LGBTQ you know, banner and it's kind of, you know, celebrated a big deal. Like celebrities are coming out and talking about it and being open. And then you get all these people online, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Oh, who cares? Why are, you know, why do they have to tell everybody about it? Why is it? Well, this is why. This is why. Yeah. Because we're not that far removed from that news being broken, ruining somebody's life. So Mm -hmm. now that we can celebrate it and when people can talk about it and it not be the end of their career, it is something that we should be proud of. Yeah. And it's and, and and I mean it's it's definitely more than just that, but that is a, a part of it. It's it's also yeah. for, you know, young young people as, yeah. as well to be able to like be in an environment where they can be safe to uh you know, come out and mm-hmm. express themselves. So, yeah, absolutely. It was and and I think that is also and I don't want to go down that rabbit hole just yet because i'm sure we'll talk about it but as far as like where some might disagree that because of the time frame of this episode that they have issue with that it not being like a real black mirror like episode um which we'll talk about um i don't want to like preach about that or anything but i definitely have an opinion about it but it's it's definitely fitting with this episode and talking about you know, the theme of this episode and the paparazzi, because this was this was definitely kind of a, a high pitch for paparazzi. Like you said, it was in Los Angeles. 
We're in 2006. Uh, this is a perfect setting and the perfect time because this is definitely where, you know, we're kind of grappling with that. And when you think of, mm-hmm. you know, the time that, that this takes place in, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, so Bo being a part of, of the paparazzi, you know, after learning what happens with that actor, it seems like she gets, you know, um, a bit of morality there. And she's like, oh, I cannot do this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, so she, she backs out. Uh, and what I liked from this episode was I like to kind of see, I guess, how, I mean, you kind of see it in the news. Like you'll, you'll see the paparazzi, you know, shouting at celebrities and trying to get the shot and they'll do and say just the most repulsive things Mm -hmm. to have them turn around and get like a shot of their face. You know, they don't, they're not going to get a lot of money if they're just getting the back of their head or whatever, you know, they want to, they want to get either get some action or a reaction Mm -hmm. from that celebrity. So seeing how they operate, uh, I thought was interesting. Um, But then also what we got to see like with Bo was getting to see this investigative side, you know, that they do that we don't, I think, always think about. And, you know, she, when she ends up changing her mind because, hey, she needs rent, you know, she's short on her rent. It was a big Maisie payday. (laughs) Uh. Yeah, yeah, big, big payday. Uh, for some shots of Maisie, if if anyone can figure out where she's at, so she needs rent money. She's short on groceries. She's sounds like taken from her roommate. Uh, her looks like her barista job isn't quite cutting it. So she hears about this opportunity and decides to get back in. So it was interesting how impressive her detective skills were. You know, I. I don't know anything, obviously, about being a paparazzi. I don't know any paparazzi, so I don't know <laughs> if this is like a real, you know, look into their lives or whatever. But it was interesting, you know, and I kind of almost respected, you know, the discipline that she had yeah. I for said, her uh, investigative nature. It's like, I will give her that she's really good at her job of being a terrible person. <laughs> yeah. She's great well, at it. <laughs> yeah, but it's like... I felt like for her being a paparazzi was wasted mm-hmm. on her. I'm like, you need to like take those skills. Like she seems really smart and talented. Uh, and she obviously knew like all these things to do. I was impressed um, with everything that she was doing to try. I mean, not obviously it was, I, I didn't support, you know, going after a celebrity and trying to find her hiding spot and, you know, going, I didn't, I don't like that, but I was impressed with her, her detective skills. And I thought, wow, is this getting a, a, a little peek there into what it's like, you know, um, and how the links that they go to, the things that they do to try to, you know, find where a person, if they are in like a situation similar where they're in hiding and, or, you know, they're trying to lay low and stuff and trying to figure out all their, like, where's their favorite restaurants? Where's their favorite places to shop? You know, doing all of this like mm-hmm. detective work. And I'm like, girl, you are too smart for this. <laughs> you know, I, I get that this is a big fat paycheck all at once, but you need to take that and like turn it into like a real job or something and do something a little bit more credible, you know? So I don't know. It was interesting. I'm, I think we're going to have probably more to say about uh, Bo, you know, as she continues down this path and kind of where she ends up um, because, but at first I did like her when she did quit as far as yeah. realizing the impact that she had on that actor's life. You know, I thought, okay, yeah, you you realize that 
this has been a step too far. So I did at that point, at least until she decided to take this Maisie Day job, uh, I was like, good for you. I was Mm -hmm. happy about that, but that didn't last too long. So (laughs) (laughs) anyway, (laughs) so I just thought I'd start out with Bo a little bit and Mm -hmm. um, talk about her. What's your next point? Oh, gosh. Um, Take some of what you said and then just get real mean about it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know if we have any listeners who are uh, a paparazzo. Uh, If you are, (laughs) then you're not going to like me anymore after this, but maybe it's a wake up call. Get a different job. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Do something with your life that helps people. Um, But yeah, no, because it just made me like, I don't even want to say irrationally because it's kind of rational because I'm like, oh my God, it's terrible. But I think, again, the black mirrorness of this episode, like you were talking about earlier, this being the setting and with the paparazzi, it's a good reason why I think it is definitely black mirror material is it's this you take, I mean, because that's what it, tabloids and the cameras of that time, that is technological advances that ended up changing the way people's lives go. Or, you know, so what is the extreme, most negative version of an outcome of that? That's mm-hmm. what this episode is. So, uh, so this paparazzi idea, you know, of feeding off of, you know, people's personal lives and privacy and making profit off of it and selling people's person- personal lives to the public. Uh, and then you just see, like, the worst of it. Like, Bo seems to have, like you said, that kind of morality of once she realizes what her choices that they have done, you know, the consequence there, that she's already, like, bothered by it. Uh, you know, Hector's trying to tell her it's not your fault, but you can see she's conflicted. And then, yeah, when this, uh, <clears throat> other the, uh, girl gets out of the limo and the things that are being said, she's just seeing, like, oh, these, like, quote-unquote co-workers, you know, of mine is like, Oh, mm-hmm. no, they're terrible people, and this is not what I need to be associating myself with. This is not where I really want my life to go, because you see here, like, I mean, they're just the worst. Uh, I feel like today it's not as bad as it once was. Uh, it still can be a problem. There still are paparazzi things that I see online that do pop up from time to time. Mm-hmm. But I think with like the rise of social media, um, a lot of celebrities, most of them, honestly, probably just put so much of themselves out there. That's yeah. so easy to access for anyone that a lot of like the sneaky, shady bullshit of the paparazzi stuff is kind of dying out. Because uh, you don't have to go media. far for, yeah, like, ooh, what's the dish? It's like, I don't know. I mean, you have nowadays a lot of celebrities just all of their daily lives and even like the the bad stuff, even the stuff that's like kind of messy. They'll go out on like Twitter or Instagram or whatever and be like, hey, here's what's going on. I messed up or here's what, you know, like. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of personal accountability in celebrities. I mean, <laughs> a lot of it through to, an to uh, agency yeah. and managers. <laughs> but, um, but you know, um, <laughs> with PR representatives. But, uh, you know, <laughs> but still, like, all of that's just available online. And so you don't have to worry about, like, oh, what people are going out and getting pictures for these tabloids that I can read in a paper or a magazine. It's like, everything's online. Uh, so it's mm-hmm. not, there's not that much of a need for, for those things anymore, which I guess is good. But, yeah, use, there's still problems uh but yeah i was thinking though you know that girl that they're taking pictures after the things that are being said she comes around and like tries to like push that guy back and he's just like oh get my lawyer i'm like oh i think paparazzi assault should be legal (laughs) 
I was just like, you know, what did the what did the guy what is a Duke or whatever? What did he say? It's like you can't take the consequences, stay out of the game. It's like, well, maybe it should apply to you too. If you don't want to get punched by a celebrity, maybe stop yelling slurs and terrible words at them while trying to take their picture while they're just living life, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was hard to blame that. I don't know that we got her name, but that actress, yeah, that got out of the limo. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I think he probably deserved to get slugged mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, so those those two, it's Witty and Duke, were like the the scum of the scum. You know, they were like the really, mm-hmm. you know, over-the-top version. But we see, I mean, they like put a tracker on Hector's bike so that they could like follow. It's like, oh, he's headed out of town, so obviously he's got a juicy lead, so let's just follow him. Uh, and you see like the worst of it because even when you get like before the, like the werewolf stuff where they find where Maisie is and you know she's in there suffering and in pain and like dealing with what she's dealing with and they're out there taking photos of the people around and like passing off this information and then they go all the way up and they're like sneaking pictures through the vents and stuff to try to that's all they're worried about and then when Bo sees that she's chained up she's worried about her safety and so she busts into the door and what do these assholes do like they come barging in behind her just shutters clicking and lights flashing and like it was honestly disgusting like that's all that they're focused on she's like can you stop for a minute because like there's something wrong going on here and they're just continued click away click away click away yeah so it was gross it it honestly made me upset and i'm like to the point to where like when she transforms i just rest in piss (laughs) witty and dude you got what you got you got what you deserved you know i was like i don't even care like good for them (laughs) good for her yeah eat them alive that's all i could think they were terrible yeah yeah it's it was gross i'm i'm there with you you know when Bo had figured out you know where Maisie, or possibly anyway Maisie was there at that fancy rehab and then she was going to go break into it and then of course her colleagues catch up with her and like you said earlier wow it got weird uh, that's all I could think. I was like, what <laughs> the hell is going on? Right. Yeah, like you said, they found her with a chain around her neck. It, the room almost, now I know it's like a wooded retreat and they were, they were talking about it like it was like, oh, it's like a, you know, a hippy dippy kind of, you know, retreat or whatever. So it's, you know, out in the woods. So it, it seemed to just kind of have that theme, but the room did look very barn like you know, mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Uh, and there were goats i was like i like to think i mean everything happened so fast right this episode was was very quick quick paced and everything was happening all at once and it was you know hard to kind of watch at the same time because there's so much going on you've got these disgusting paparazzi taking these pictures of Maisie in this extremely vulnerable time and position uh bo's trying to like free her and like tell them like stop stop this like you are crossing a line even this Mm -hmm. is too much right and but i'm i'm trying to take all of this in like oh my god what's what's going on with Maisie? what oh look bo's trying to help her these paparazzi won't stop with their pictures why are there goats over there what are (laughs) what is going on like i couldn't everything happened so fast my brain could not process all of these things happening it was just i was like this is so weird what is happening and all i could think was that maybe she's like a victim of this this doctor guru i can't remember his name i know he wasn't a real doctor but yeah. he called himself doctor something whatever his name was and i was like what is he doing to her uh and i was like you know is, is this some sort of weird detox because 
you know, I think this is what I thought anyway, her real problem was, yeah. you know, was addiction. Um, boy, was it way worse than that. <laughs> uh, so it was, yeah, way worse. Um, so it was a lot to take in and it was, it was impossible, I think, to even cheer for the photographers at all. I mean, look at all the dirty tricks that they used. All the, like you said, the name calling, which was mm-hmm. absolutely disgusting. GPS trackers, you know, they're bribing people, you know, just so they can get an image of someone and, you know, treating the the subjects of their, you know, they're they're like on the hunt, right? Um yeah. to get you know, these pictures of their subjects and they yeah. don't even think that they are worth the like most basic of common decency. Oh, yeah, they it's so dehumanizing. Uh like I yeah. just think of some of the things that said even Hector said it when he's talking about the payday for this like job where he's like, yeah, 30 K for a picture, the first picture of Maisie day, 40 K. If she looks like a junkie, like just throw that out there. It's like, Oh my God. Or even like, you know, when she's chained up in the bed and like every, it, I mean, she looks really bad. And what does witty say? Well, he's taking pictures like, well, so much for a sexy picture or something like that. And you're like, it's, it's horrible. <laughs> it's disgusting. It is disgusting. It is. Uh, so yeah, I, I did like, you know, this very quick as they're all outside, you know, what's going on and, you know, oh, there's this doctor guru and Bo didn't know who she was, but the other guys did, you know, whoever this, uh, uh, doctor guru was. Mm -hmm. And then the, and it's like, wait, what this guy, why does this guy have a rivet gun? Like Mm -hmm. what (laughs) the hell is going on? You know, and, and where, what's this, how does this voodoo practitioner come into play? Why is Maisie so sick? You know, it's like, is it because I thought, oh, she's detoxing. She's hit like deep. But I was like, well, that was fast, you know, mm-hmm. to already start going into like a detoxing phase because she seemed to be like shaking. And, yeah, you know, I thought, oh, she's she's like detoxing and she was all sweaty and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, it was just I, I appreciated all of that. It just it definitely I was not expecting like that transformation at all, but I just thought something really twisted is happening here uh, to have this poor girl chained by her freaking neck to the mm-hmm. floor, like bolted to the floor. What, what the hell do you think's going to happen? And, th- and then just to leave her alone, like if she's detoxing, she needs like care. She needs yeah. someone watching her. She needs someone there with her, you know, uh, to make sure that she can get through it. Okay. If that's what the intention is, why the hell are you just leaving her alone? So, so many things happening at once. I really just enjoyed this, you know, chunk of the, I mean, I I enjoyed all of it, but like that was to me very interesting, like, because I just couldn't, my brain couldn't (laughs) handle everything happening all at once. It was just too much. So it was, uh, it was a lot to take in, but I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Sure. That was actually one of my points too. I just kind of added to what you were talking about. You were already (laughs) there. So I'm like, I'm just going to add to that. Um, What's your next point? Um, Maisie Day. Uh, not necessarily, you know, pre-Werewolf, yeah. uh, kind of, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just what we learn about her and, like, what we see her going through. Uh, she's an actress that was working on this, like, series of movies or something. It's, like, period piece kind of thing out in the Czech Republic. And, uh, some terrible stuff goes down, we'll say that. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. where she ends up losing her job and has to go back to the States for recovery, privacy, rehab. So it seems, you know, uh, we see her, and it was quite a, like, you know, uh, a twist there where they, they send you thinking one thing and then and it's something else. 
where you know she's out i mean she's she's definitely the victim in this episode uh but also yeah i mean you shouldn't be driving in the rain high on mushrooms uh you know not not great not great not that decision she hits something and you know we get little flashes that kind of change the story a little bit where it's like oh does she get out of the car what happens and then you know the next day she's being driven back out there and oh the police are saying oh there's a you know a man in the road and I thought it was interesting because, again, first watch versus second watch where you read into things very differently because she goes, a man? And at first you're like, the first watch, you're thinking, oh, she's pretending to be surprised because she hit the guy last night. Mm-hmm. But I think she actually was surprised. Um, because when you find That's out about the right. werewolf thing, when you get the flashback, it was like, oh, is this werewolf that she went back and looked and then the, it was still a werewolf and it like better. So I was like, it's dying. And like, so it probably returned to like human form after she left. <laughs> so mm-hmm. she really didn't know so then when she's hearing for us like, oh they found a man in the road she's like a man <laughs> that's not what i saw you know i think there was that <laughs> kind of so it's a little hint a little thing that was uh, a clue there but yeah but they they lead you to believe that it's like a drug addiction thing that like oh yeah she was high she hit a person now she's like got this like guilt trip that she killed somebody but now that she's like just hiding it and it's a secret like she's not going to come forward and like the guilt is going to continue to eat away at her which causes her to go further down this spiral of drug addiction and drinking and all that that's where they lead you to believe things but really it's like oh no she's her behavior is this like aggression and stuff that's building because of the curse of being a werewolf that's what's happened to her that like you know she's like in like pre like transformation there's things happening to her she doesn't know how to react to that and so she's like lashing out and she is also like drinking and i'm sure there's you know at least drugs i mean i know she's like on diazepam at least you know we saw that that she's mm-hmm. trying to like self-medicate because she doesn't know what's happening with her but it's not what they initially lead you to believe uh like that <laughs> not just the car scene where she hits the werewolf but even before when she's like just kind of drinking and letting loose in her apartment or whatever there. That song, Supermassive Black Hole by Muse. I love that song very much, despite its ties to Twilight. I love that song. (laughs) That is not like why I love it, but I do love that song Mm -hmm. as well. And damn it, if that wasn't a clue that I I just was totally over my head. (laughs) I was just enjoying the song. I was like, oh, Yeah. yeah, let's. Yeah. So I'm like singing along to it, having a great time. I'm like, I love this, you know, incorporating a great song in a an episode and i'm like you ding dong that was, <laughs> that was a yeah. clue <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and so, so just a lot of those little clues because then yeah the doctor i think it's babish babbage uh yeah like i was like oh i assume he does know exactly what's going on when you see him talking to her it's like well yeah i mean because she ends up chained to you know <laughs> in a bed with goats like for food source after the transformation i'm assuming is what those yeah. were for i want to know how i figured it out or how yeah, like, she knew, or how did it get to that point? I mean, it's not important, yeah. but so we learned yeah. that he's like, yeah, like this, like voodoo kind of guy. So like, he deals with like supernatural stuff or whatever. You just kind of take that for what it's worth and be like, somehow he knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then you see, yeah, like the dialogue on second watch makes a lot more sense because it's like the words are chosen very carefully. He says the first stop is to the first step is to recognize that you're not in control of this. It has taken you over, and you must be humble in the face of it. Uh, because again, sounds like they're talking about addiction, but it's I know. literally a whole different beast they're dealing with. Yeah, uh, literally. 
And and it makes those lines different. You know, he says, you need isolation away from anyone or anything. And she asks, can you get me better? And he says, well, it's just about getting you through tonight, then the next night, and then we see. So there's a lot of little clues hidden in just the dialogue that doesn't give anything away. But once you know what's going on, you're like, that's clever writing. That's really it, clever writing. <laughs> I know. I know. And that's that's what I feel like is so underappreciated. Folks, see, you know, at least or at least people that look at this in a, a more negative light, I, I don't think are appreciating that. Uh, yeah. Those nice little subtle clues there, because, yeah, full moons last three nights. And that first mm-hmm. night we saw the what happened, which I'm like, wow. How tightly locked was that house? Right. That, I mean, yeah, she completely destroyed it, it seems, but she didn't get out and nobody was there for her to hurt. But that was the first night. And then, yeah, he said the second, yeah. the third, three. There's another clue there. Three nights. The producer or whatever who owned that house, he wasn't there. They knew mm-hmm. to like, Maisie was there alone for that night. The housekeeper, everybody, like everybody's gone. And the housekeeper shows up in the morning to see like, yeah, the destruction. So, yeah, it's like <laughs> clever little things. I, I like those little clues. Or even, you know, talk about when the, the paparazzi is there taking pictures and stuff. And you'd think if she's sick, she's detoxing, whatever, like she'd still be like really pissed off that they're there and she'd be yelling at them to leave her alone. And like, you know, mm-hmm. why are you taking pictures? But instead, she's just begging and urging with them. Just leave. Leave me. I need to be here alone. You need to run away. You need to go. You need to go home. You need to leave me alone. But the way she's saying it, it's like, oh, no, she's just worried about their safety. You know, (laughs) she because she knows what's happening. Uh, So that's why I view Maisie as really the saddest situation of this episode. Like she is the biggest victim of this episode because she has no control over what's happening to her. Like, yeah, it was a a stupid decision in the beginning of the episode that she makes. But it's like. It's not one of those things where oh well so now she deserves everything that happens to her. No, she's Right. The the punishment didn't didn't fit the crime. Yeah. You know, she didn't deserve, you know, what happened to her at all. Yeah. And so even she's just urging them like Bo is staying there for like the best intentions. She's because she doesn't know what's happening, she's trying to free it because she's like she shouldn't be chained up. That's illegal. Something shady is going on here. I want to protect her. I want to save her. But the others are staying because literally they're just being filthy parasites, just continuing to take picture after picture after picture. So, but even with that, she's like, Maisie is the one urging them to, to go run for safety, to get away from her. Mm-hmm. You should have put a sign out there on the door, werewolf inside. Right. <laughs> werewolf inside, don't open. <laughs> <laughs> Beware of dog person. Um <laughs> Dog will bite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I feel very sympathetic to Maisie, and yeah, she made a really terrible decision that led to this terrible outcome. You know, it, it's. I don't think she was deserved of what happened to her at all. You know, uh, she should not have left just to go get some damn cigarettes. But you know. That's where that's where she ended up, and I, I know I spent a lot of the episode, uh, at least the first half of it, trying to figure out, you know, okay, we've met Bo, and we leave Bo, and then we meet Maisie, and we get her, you know, her side of what's going on over here in the Czech Republic, right? Finding out, oh, she's this, which we saw on the cover of the magazine, right? They showed, yeah. I think Bo was reading a magazine, so we we kind of 
already know who she is, uh, at least if you were looking at that. Yeah. Um, so it was, you know, when we left Bo and then we pick up with Maisie, I'm like, okay, how are they going to cross, right? How are we going to get these two together? Uh, because you feel like that's probably what's going to happen. So I know I was interested in finding that out there. That was some of the, like the tension for me while I was watching, at least until the reveal of the werewolf. <laughs> then, it, <laughs> then the tension went on a whole new level. Uh, but I was interested to see how their paths were going to cross and, you know, what, what that outcome was going to be. And I was totally on board. I was like, you know, kind of like what you were talking about. I was on board with this whole Maisie um, story that I, I thought I was getting where she's experiencing this guilt because you keep seeing her. She has these flashbacks and with each flashback uh, or when she's like sleeping and has these nightmares and stuff, you keep getting these little pieces of what happened that night. And so all I can think is like, oh, she's experiencing this extreme guilt, right? Like she, she was, she was high, she was uh, drunk maybe, or at least had been drinking and she hit this guy and she left him, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. So she's experiencing some extreme guilt and trauma about what happened. Uh, All of that is manifesting itself and that, and, and she, she left her movie set, goes back home and just closes herself away from the world. And she's now drinking uh, heavily to uh, numb herself, right? Mm-hmm. That's that she's like self-medicating, trying to just get through that. So I was all in on this, but I'm just like, okay, but how is this gonna all come together, right? So I was not ready. I'll I'll say that I was not ready. <laughs> that I thought she's just detoxing, man. But it, but I'm questioning. Yeah, like I said, when they found her, and I'm like, what the hell is going on with with this whole setup? Why is she chained? This isn't right. Uh, never heard of that method you know, detoxing or anything. I haven't seen that before. So I, I enjoy the introduction to Maisie. I, I did feel, you know, really bad for her. It definitely, the story was not going where I expected it to. And so I loved that. I yeah. loved, you know, when I get a nice little twist like that. For sure. It's a good one. Yeah. Um, well, I think I want to talk a little bit about and I don't know where this is on your list. Um, for me, the the commentary I think in this episode, and I'm not sure that, it, you know, I think it was missed by some people. Is yeah. all I will say, um, because I can kind of I can understand to a degree, but I feel like what we're kind of seeing here in this particular episode. You know, we've got a werewolf. Like, well, what are we supposed to do with that? This is not, you know, a, a black. The black mirror doesn't deal with like these supernatural elements, and this isn't something we would normally see. But I think the way I see it, and because of what we've said about the paparazzi, this is a very good commentary on how, like, celebrity culture mm-hmm. can kind of dehumanize people. Yeah. In, in that way, when when you watch how much they, how or how the links they go to to track Maisie down to this rehab facility, and even as you know, as we were talking about, even as like she's literally transforming before their eyes. Like it's it's bad enough that they have just no shame as they're she's in this vulnerable situation. She's uh, shaking in the bed, uh, sweating, just looks terrible, and they're snapping all those shots. But she starts to literally transform into a werewolf before their eyes, and they are still 
<laughs> taking pictures. Um, and what what we see in this episode and what we saw like with um, the, the group of paparazzi outside of that club when that actress came out of the, and I don't know if they said her name, but whatever actress it was that got out of the limo and how much they, or how terrible they treated her. It brings me back to like how poorly in the day uh, Britney Spears was treated. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode took place in 2006 and Britney had a situation in 2007 and it was all caught by paparazzi and it was so public for her and so humiliating and it it was gross and this was a Mm -hmm. a, you know a a time in her life she was going through some things and so that's what to me was not a coincidence that this episode takes place in the same era of time yeah in in the middle 2000s there and you know i it's i think the point of it is is it's not so much about oh there's a werewolf that we're dealing with it's about how celebrities are treated as far as like like pieces of meat and mm-hmm. it's just it's like the capitalization if you will of like celebrity that's i think the message and the point of this episode yeah or even just their most vulnerable places are like, oh, where? how do we catch them being less than the humans that they, you know, are? It's like, what's what's the most salacious? What's the most, you know, mm-hmm. scandalous? What's the most... So without... I don't want to get into current celebrity, like, gossip too much, but it honestly, it makes me think of, like, this Jonah Hill situation going on right now. Because, like, on one end, you want to go, oh, yeah, I want to be able to, like, okay, stand up against manipulative you know, relationship stuff or whatever. And like, oh, it's good that this being outed for this and this and this. And like, I'll say, like, I'm on the side of like, yeah, what he's doing is probably not great. The things, but also where in his life and because of his like status, then I'll take the other side of it. That doesn't give people the right to just like, we shouldn't have access to tons of all of his private conversations and personal messages. Like whether, you know, somebody does this or that, where does that give people right to just like, oh, now I can pry into all of this like aspect of somebody's life. Like they're still a human being that still has like a private life. And then we, this like celebrity culture, like I said, people want to just like glom on to, oh, but we're owed access to all of their life private or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause we're not, <laughs> <laughs> we're not. Yeah. It's, you know, and it, it reminds me also of like, you know, I of like Princess Diana, you know, mm-hmm. and how she died. That was in 1997. You know, uh, I, you know, really admired and followed Princess Diana from the time I was like five years old, you know, first seeing, you know, Princess getting married. Right. Uh, I was just in awe uh, all the way up until, you know, she she had died. And, you know, knowing how the paparazzi had an impact on her life and in her death and you know you can go down a big rabbit hole about her relationship with the press um Mm -hmm. and i'm not going to do that here but you know there was certainly something that was a factor there um and that was that was devastating and then we've seen it just get worse and worse and worse with other celebrities throughout throughout time and seeing as how they're 
not treated, you know, like people and we are not owed just because, you know, uh, they choose to be on TV or movies and they entertain us, you know, in certain ways they are allowed to have a life. And some might be getting stuck on how Charlie Brooker decided to convey this message because, you know, it's it's not just about how tech is bad. You know, I think um, what Charlie Brooker had said, he said he was clarifying with the show's message. He said it isn't tech is bad, but rather people are fucked up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, if you (laughs) I feel like this episode really drives that home. Right. Yeah. It's societal behavior in connection to the technology. Right. That's that's what we're looking at. And so the societal behavior is is blown up real big in this episode. We see, you know, that celebrity culture and this like feeding off of, you know, oh, what's the scandal this week? What's the thing that we can pry into people's lives and pull out for profit? And and then of course, yeah, the technology part of it. You said I think people get hung up on the oh, it has to be future technology or is it has to be stuff that doesn't exist or it has to be even present technology. But like here, no, we're going back to the past. These things aren't really prevalent anymore as much but they still in that time frame were the technological advances that that changed life for people like i said it's the the not just cameras and photos but taking those photos and selling it to to tabloids and and things like that and or just the tabloids themselves but yeah it's that taking private life and selling it for profit through those kind of things that was kind of a you know, not just in 2006, it wasn't newer. It's been around for a while, but it, in the grand scheme of like technology and things, like that is like still more of a modern concept. Right. So, well, I'll, I'll wait because maybe you have that as one of your last points, but that's kind of what I just wanted to talk about because I think for me, that's, that's what I got out of it. I mean, it was, it was still like a fun kind of horror kind of, um, episode to watch but trying to think of like you know what the message was it was just i think that you know kind of showing that you know how they still continue to hound Maisie, even as she's transforming into a werewolf and then how they 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 still don't stop at Mm -hmm. at anything uh and they only really see her as an animal that they can profit from you know Mm -hmm. um and that's that's i think what the culture definitely was uh during that time anyway so, what is your next point? So, really, my last main point uh, okay. is is Bo, uh, which we've talked about a lot, but I think it'll lead to maybe the conversation you were, uh, you know, alluding to is <laughs> yes. the very ending of this episode. Uh, but yeah, but just little things with, I mean, Zazie Beats as Bo, it's just great to see her. Uh, most people probably would recognize her as Domino from Deadpool 2. Uh, and then um, yeah, I know she she's got great. like quite a role in the show Atlanta. It's still on my list. I haven't watched it yet. But, uh, I haven't watched that either. No, but um, so many good things. Yeah. So, uh, but the things I've seen her in, she's she's great. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's still here. I think it was great. Uh, yeah, just the time frame stuff. Again, let's talk about the songs where she's got her... Oh, this brand new thing, this iPod shuffle. <laughs> you know? Wasn't it so crazy to see yeah. this little shuffle and then freaking dial up internet? I was yeah. dying. <laughs> uh-huh. But the song she's listening to, one thing, uh, that took me back. I was like, oh my God, I haven't thought about this song in so long. Uh, but yeah, the what happens, gets pulled, you know, she decides to leave. 
but then yeah, she gets pulled back in from this payday uh, again. Um, she and you see like it's still ticking in there a little bit. I think that's we'll talk about like the character of Bo, really where she was at. I guess because. I think she wanted to be better, but maybe she just kind of come to this place where she's like, "Oh no, this is who I uh, who I am, and I do what I have to do to to survive." Mm-hmm. It's because when Hector comes to her with this, you know, and he's like, "Oh, I, I respect that you want to get out, but if you have that intel, if you have that that snitch, you know, whatever that your intelligence people, can you pass any information along to me? You know, you were really good at it, so if you want to help me out, you can. And then she just lies to him and says, oh yeah, I deleted his number. And then the next scene we see her like calling and being like, so you got any leads on Maisie? You know, like she's <laughs> right back into it. Uh, and then, you know, her following the car, you know, going all the, like all the stuff, like going through the reading a magazine to find out what her favorite restaurant is. And then going to the restaurant and being like, oh, the delivery person was like, oh yeah, I saw her yesterday. Just like all these little things that you know, she's putting together. And then following the car out to the diner, which honestly, even though Bo is kind of like a main character, like you're supposed to root for in this episode, mm-hmm. I felt I, when the driver gets out and just casually realizing that she's a tail, just walks over there and just slashes, like pops the tires. I was like, yeah, you go. <laughs> like, that's a good security guard. He's doing his job. Yeah, uh, all four of them, too. Yeah. He's trying to protect Maisie's privacy, but also like safety for everyone else like don't have somebody know where she is that's it's not just for her own safety as we learn it's for all these other people because terry this guy that works at the diner tells her oh yeah this rehab center nearby and then mentions oh yeah the whole place was rented out for the whole weekend for one person even all the staff and everybody was sent home there's nobody there and again it's like they're just thinking oh it's this Maisie's on the down low trying to keep it super private which is true but also, like, safety for everyone on the complex and anyone that would know where she was at. Right. Uh, but after the tires, yeah, she's stranded there, and that's when she calls Hector. Is Well, she's like, well, now that I'm stranded and have no other choice, I guess I'll cut him in. And calls him to, to show up. They, they roll out there, which I like the line. It's just like, what is this, Jurassic Park? They got, like, a T-Rex or something in there? And I'm like, not a T-Rex, <laughs> but a, a different blockbuster monster, uh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> Yep. But yeah, and then I talked about the attacks and stuff. But yeah, so what I'm curious, I want to get your thought on the the ending cuz yeah, we get Bo mm. shooting Maisie with the werewolf with the gun and then as Hector's dying, gives her the camera. And Maisie's laying on the floor there just begging for death and tells Bo just just shoot me. And she does with her camera, with the camera. Uh she hands the gun to Maisie. And I was trying to kind of work exactly with the commentary and stuff here, what they're trying to convey. But it's like, it's almost like she chooses to take this opportunity for that last perfect picture, that last perfect payday. It was like, almost like her greed wins out in the end where she's like, I could do this decency, this comment, like this favor for you, this nicety. Mm -hmm. But also how much money am I going to make if I'm getting the shot of you like ending it? And then like, what is, you know, this is a rare once in a forever opportunity. So then she makes that choice to no, I'm I'm going back to the paparazzi. You know, the, I'm 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 the photographer. I'm getting this killer shot. Like literally. That's mm-hmm. that's like the million dollar shot. Yeah. Right there. Yeah, like I was saying about you know the 
commentary about this episode, you know, we get in the beginning of the story where Bo wants to leave the the job of being a paparazzi because she, one of the subjects that she had photographed, you know, took his own life because of how she exposed him. But here at the end, she kind of throws all that out the window, or at least it feels like it anyway, mm-hmm. to take a photograph of, of a, a, a woman's dead body, or at least right before she does that act it we don't quite know because it, mm-hmm. it the framing goes outside but you know you you hear a gunshot so we assume you know what happened but i don't know exactly when the photo is taken but she she does it because she knows it's going to turn a profit and mm-hmm. again you know it, it's kind of one of those you know what decision is this character going to make you know she could have made a, a very different choice but again talking about human nature mm-hmm um i i struggle with that i don't i don't did not root for Maisie at the or sorry uh Bo there at the end i i liked her in there in the beginning and she decided to leave her line of work and then when she decided to jump back in to get this payday i was like i kind of see it i understand i understand mm-hmm. why she did it but when she got there at the very end and the links that she's willing to go to to get to get that shot I, I, I could not reconcile that. Right. Like, is it just like a very pessimistic look at like human nature is like, oh, you yes. are who you are. And like, even if you think you can change for the better, people are just trash at the end sometimes. Like, it's just who they sometimes, are. Sometimes. You know? <laughs> yeah. When you're looking at that, at the amount, I mean, that, all the, the camera shots that she got, or, or at least got off of her friend's camera, because I think it was Hector's camera. It was hard to tell with everything that was going on because you could see him. He was, trying to take pry that uh one guy one guy's camera out of his hands when mm-hmm. he was stuck under the fence and then they're running through the woods and so I was like okay was it his camera was it Hector's camera you know so I'm not sure but they all are pretty much like the same shot so it probably doesn't mm-hmm. even matter you know at the end of the day she's the one um that has uh that has them and can sell them so that actually frees her from her financial worries so is it okay that she does that because you know Maisie's going to die anyway or you know I I just I I don't think so I mean it just to me again just speaks to the human nature Mm -hmm. where I think Bo sunk pretty damn low yeah I mean you already had she already had all these other shots (laughs) I mean you have to go for you have to go for that Mm mm-hmm that really blew me away. I just, I was like, are you kidding me? Cause I didn't, I thought, oh, she, she can't, she can't do it herself. Like when she's like, just shoot me. There's no, I think, right answer there at all. Just, I can't even imagine that kind of situation um, and wrap my brain around it to make it make sense. But to me, like doing that and then putting the camera up, I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What, what did you think? Yeah, I, I I feel like I'm kind of very similar to you, where it's like, can you make a an uh you know an argument for justifying it for her? Oh, well, she needs the money. Does she need that? But like, at what point? Yeah, it's like what shots they already have. Is it enough? You know, and and so it is. It does. It feels very selfish at the end, where she decides, I'm going to make this about you know the best outcome for me myself financially. What do I? What do I want? What do I need? It doesn't matter that all these other people just died. It doesn't matter that 
Maisie is the real victim here of this story. But how do I serve myself in the end? And it does. It feels very pessimistic, you know. Mm-hmm. So in that way, very kind of Black Mirror, where you like you get all this like fantastic stuff, and at the end, it's like. But in the end, doesn't it all just suck? You know, like it just kind of yeah. gives you that like despair feeling. Like ugh, people are shit. <laughs> That's just yeah. I always have to like go try and go watch something happy. Uh, that when people are good and kind to each other, you can go watch yeah. an episode of Ted Lasso or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like all of these Black Mirror episodes, you know, especially like when we were talking about episode three, you know, last week, it's like, oh my gosh, you know. So then seeing how how far someone goes in this episode, it was just like, it's almost just too much. It's very depressing. Mm-hmm. That I didn't have any other points. I have like mm, a few Easter eggs, and that's about all I've got left. Do you have anything else? Any other notes or points that you wanted to cover? Uh, I've got a couple extra notes. Uh, Okay. uh, Yeah, the character Justin Comley or Camley, uh, which yeah is this guy that she's taking the picture of outside the motel and stuff. I just again those little like dialogue things where he goes out and he's trying to offer to. To pay for the pictures that so she won't release them. Mm-hmm. And what does he keep saying to her over and over? You're killing me. You're killing me. Uh, uh. And unfortunately, it was a lot more literal than even expected. Uh, and then I have one other thought about him, but it might be the Easter egg you've got. So I'll hold off. Uh, <laughs> you can you can say it because it's literally the only Easter egg that I that I know of. So I don't know if you have extras, but. I do. I've got a couple. Yeah. Okay. So the one that I is uh, on the news report pops up that uh, that he had uh, killed himself. They said he was the star of the show Sea of Tranquility, which is the show that back in uh, Joan is awful. Yeah, the, the one of the guys <laughs> said, "Oh, that one blows." Uh, it was the show that's. So you see this like, oh, it's an older show that was like running here back in the two uh, thousands. So it must have got picked up and had kind of a second life on Streamberry. Uh, but it's kind of this like soap opery drama kind of show it seems uh but yeah so i just thought that was kind of fun again tying in it's because it's he's the star of this fake show that's already been established within the black mirror universe so it's Mm -hmm. it has popped up a couple little times so that's fun uh yeah i guess the only other note i had is uh (laughs) bo's roommate nathan (laughs) just thought something i was like uh yikes uh (laughs) he sounds a lot of fun (laughs) this guy is he just makes me sad as a person i'm like you've got to get your shit together dude uh i'm not good at confrontation so my psychiatrist said i need to use these cue cards and you know i need these cue cards to help me tell you to pay rent and then uh which sure social anxiety is a thing people have but like for real but he's just such like the other, because the other time we really see him, where he's confronting her about the smells of the the food, and I'm just like, yes, cooking food that has flavor is a lifestyle choice that he doesn't want to so, judge. You know? So offensive! <laughs> How dare you cook with flavor? Uh huh. Just seems like he's one of it was. It was just funny because it's like one of those stereotypical, like overbearing, annoying, like uh, this guy kind of roommates. You know, <laughs> I've mm-hmm. noticed that food from my specially marked, you know, shelf in the fridge has gone missing. <laughs> it's like, dude, I know this is 2006, so this is before the time of just like 
I'll Venmo you for the app. Whatever, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, but fine, like, here oh you go. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, he was awful. But yeah, I think that's all the notes I had. We talked about everything else. Awesome. So, yeah, you mentioned the Sea of Tranquility Easter egg, the others that I had. Uh, so there was a San Junipero reference Ooh. in this episode it was the name of the coffee shop that Bo works at uh, Yorkie is the name of the protagonist in San Junipero and that was the name of the coffee shop I did not Yorkie's catch that at shop. all That's yeah <laughs> we're going a little deep I yeah. guess in, in with these well it works because I mean the in Joan is Awful I mentioned one of the ones I did it was the uh, like uh, law firm that her lawyer worked at was like yes. named after a character so like yeah those those count they're there <laughs> yeah they're there uh and then the only other one um the quagmire club that we briefly saw here in the ep- in in this Maisie day episode um this was a club that the main characters in san junipero frequented hmm. no other connection i think between the two clubs other than the, the, the name that they share so I guess the Quagmire Club is the name in this episode and the same in San Junipero. And that's it. That's all the Easter eggs um, in this episode. Not a lot. Um, I had one note because I, you know, really, again, loved the use of Muse's supermassive black hole in, in here. And when I realized afterwards that, like, yeah, that, that should have been a clue that we were going to deal with, like, a... <laughs> Maybe a werewolf or vampire like situation, but it was totally lost on me because I'm just enjoying the song. You yeah. know, I wasn't I wasn't in like analytical mind or anything. I was just like enjoying right. the show. But I was curious and I went and looked it up. And Charlie Brooker and Jessica Rhodes, who's the executive producer, told NME, uh, they asked, they said, what was the use of Muse coincidence or intentional foreshadowing? And Charlie Brooker said, somebody pointed that out to me. Uh, they asked me if it was winking at Maisie's fate, which it wasn't necessarily. Um, but then Jessica Rhodes, um, the executive producer, um, added, she says, something that if it happened, it happened very subconsciously for all of us. And so now we kind of love that the wink is in there. Mm-hmm. So take that for, for what you will. That's fun. Yeah. I thought it was fun. I was like, I don't know. You can just like the song, right? I mean, yeah. it's a... I mean, I, I did the same thing on the on my first watch. I didn't think the I mean, like the the Twilight ties. That's where that song really got popular was being in that soundtrack. But like, I didn't think anything past that because <laughs> I was just like, yeah. oh, I love Muse. I love this song. Good. Like, <laughs> right, right. And yeah, and if you are a Twilight fan, then you know there's a a, a pretty popular scene that that song plays during mm-hmm. that you know gets a lot of. You know, it's talked about a lot. See a lot on social media reference and stuff. So you know, if you you know enjoy it for that, then that's great. That's just a fun song. Let's see. I had one little other uh, like small news item. Just talking about like this episode in general, and this is from Vanity Fair, and this was an um, interview with Charlie Brooker, where he was talking about the creative decision for this episode. Um, to go beyond the world of cautionary and satirical tech tales. Um, and 
he said, while still never quite crossing over into Red Mirror, supernatural and horror-esque Black Mirror adjacent storytelling. Have you heard of like the whole Red Mirror, Black um, the, Mirror thing? The only thing I know is, sort of spoiler alert, but not really, for the finale episode, the ne- next week we're going to talk about episode five, is technically a Red Mirror production. And, right. Uh, I can see what that means after having seen it, but I'm not going to tell you much anything else because we'll just yeah. wait until next week to get into that. But yeah. I, I'm just learning this season what Red Mirror is. It's like this adjacent storytelling of like Black Mirror. So what Charlie Brooker says about it, uh, about this episode, he says, that one I flip-flopped between making it a Red Mirror and a Black Mirror. And then I thought, fuck it. It is Black Mirror, because otherwise we were blowing the slightly outrageous twist that happens here. Um, he said, I was just trying to experiment a bit with what Black Mirror was. I don't want to sit here feeling like I'm in a box where I have to write an episode about NFTs or whatever's on the tech pages today. That's not what the show was ever intended to do. If you look at our episode, you can tell it was obviously designed to be startling and surprising and weird. So I was trying to sort of reconnect a bit to that. Mm-hmm. I thought that made perfect sense. So yeah, for sure. I'd put that in there. All right. Well, I'm really curious to see what our listeners um, thought as well. So I think we have, I think the first one we have though is some uh, feedback from episode three. We had a listener that um, had, uh, could not find our post uh, to put, um, to provide the feedback. So I was like, just send it to me and we'll add it. Um, mm-hmm. So if you want to take that first one for me for episode three. Yeah. So Gijo uh, Putia, talking about Beyond the Sea, says, loved it. Aaron Paul is one of my faves. What an effed up situation. Note to self, never let anyone borrow your wife in any capacity or modality. <laughs> 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 I wonder if when they get to where they're going, Cliff will take revenge. I for sure would. Killed his whole family. What a piece of shit. My only criticism is they could have edited it, edited it some. Or edit some of uh hang on, let me try that again. My only criticism is that they could have edited out some of it. It was a slow burn and I get it like it dragged and get like it dragged a little, but overall amazing episode. Mm. Sorry. Stumbling over your words a little bit there. That's on me. <laughs> I I I I do too. Sometimes words are hard. Uh, well, Jijo Puthia also left us some feedback on episode four, so it was really great to see uh, see that as well. So um, feedback for this one was I loved it those paparazzi are such parasites I wanted something or someone to come out and stop them from taking advantage of Maisie I did not expect a werewolf I have to admit it was satisfying to see them get it so our protagonist forgot her name took that final photo do you think she sold it the optimism in me says no but the cap- capitalist in me says yes what do you all think See, I, think I think she we, did. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right, you. this one. Yeah, thanks very much. This one comes from Karen She, which this one's interesting. Uh, she says, I'm only five minutes in and my blood is already boiling. There are a few things that I hate more than the paparazzi. Or there are a few things that I hate more than the paparazzi. I believe in the freedom of the press, but it makes me livid how media objectify public figures to make a quick buck. The UK has even looser laws against photographing the families of celebrities. The paparazzi tainted my experience at Paley Fest last year when I went to the Walking Dead panel. Well, fans and paparazzi alike were squishing into the actors, clawing at them, sticking markers and cameras in their faces. I didn't blame the women from the cast when they dodged everybody and just ran into the building. 
Norman, JDM, and Michael James Shaw stopped to sign some photos, but I can understand how that might have felt predatory for the actresses. Ah. I'll finish watching the episode, because I like how it's exposing the toxic culture of this kind of consumption. As a photographer who lives in LA, I make it a point to put away my camera unless a public figure has consented to being photographed. The problem is that some people believe that being in the public eye is consent enough for all manner of behavior. Can you tell I'm triggered? Hashtag, like, <laughs> slash rant. Backslash rant. Uh, okay, I just finished the episode. Well, I didn't see that ending coming. Huh. Interesting that Maisie's final words were, just shoot me, and Bo picks up the lens to photo shoot her. I maintain that Maisie was still the prey here. Question, what was the significance of saying this in the 90s? It was fun to see Thomas Guides and flip phones. So I think, yeah, I think we established this a little later than 90s, but but still, yeah, just the, again, I feel like the time frame, again, fits with the story they're telling technology-wise, but then also, this kind of was, like you said, Rima, the peak of, like, this, like, predatory paparazzi yeah. kind of time frame. And then also, I think, to throw in the, I mean, like, the Camly being gay storyline wasn't necessarily important to the story at all, but then it just... There's an extra little layer that they can like, oh yeah, the time frame is why that event would have taken place the way it did, which set Bo on the journey she was on. Right. Yep. Wendy Ann says, I really like this one. I didn't get the twist until the last minute. So well done. Both actresses were amazing. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Emily Rouse says, probably my least favorite episode of the season, but that doesn't mean it was a bad episode. And who could have seen that coming? I know this is an anthology series, but my take is there is a theme. The exploitation of individuals. Makes me wonder if there was a real-world reason Charlie Brooker focused on that, or if it was subconscious. Or maybe my brain is looking for patterns that don't exist. Who knows? Off to watch the last episode. <laughs> Don Elizabeth says, I didn't see that coming. Loved it. The other episodes were definitely not as unexpected as this one. And then this one from Kimmy J. Nightingale says, really good. <laughs> Short sweet. and sweet. <laughs> like the episode. <laughs> Thank you. Well, we also got an email from our good friend Daphne. I was wondering if she'd be able to get some feedback in in time. I know that she was uh, had, a, had an event. So mm -hmm. I was I was crossing my fingers. I was like, oh, I hope I get to hear from Daphne. I knew she had like a million things going on. And uh, she did. She treated us. Yeah. She says, hi, Rima and Paik. I didn't understand at first how this fit into the Black Mirror world, but someone explained it to me. This was too prompt to me. I wonder who. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who. <laughs> she goes on. This was two-pronged to me. The obsession the paparazzi has with the famous people of the world and how it's driven by us as consumers since millions or more are obsessed with it and the lifestyle. Magazines will pay top dollar so it's a dogfight for the first photos. The exploitation is fueled by our self-serving entitlement and desire to know. The bottom line is that it's about the money and even a photographer with a conscience that can't turn down a life-changing payday. Hope this makes sense. Haha. -ha. I'm writing it from the airport at 5 a.m. I'm sleep deprived. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was made a lot of sense. Yeah, it's, I think it's it nails a lot of the theme perfectly. So, yeah. Yeah. Hope you got some sleep, Daphne. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, it was really great to see what everyone thought about this episode. Thank you, everyone, so much for taking a minute to write in. 
um, send an email, leaving a Facebook post, what have you, whatever your method. We're so happy to hear from you. Um, we're always excited to have you look into the Black Mirror with us. And I hope that you join us next week for our coverage of Season 6, Episode 5 of Black Mirror, which is titled Demon 79. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the final yeah. episode of the season. We only get five episodes in this season. So hope you all join us for that one. It'll be fun, I think, uh, for sure. And so, yeah, again... <clears throat> Not to spoil things on it, but Rima mentioned the red mirror <laughs> earlier. So that's so if there's people who are listening who have not watched that last episode yet, yeah, go into it with different expectations. Like that, yeah, it is it is not your typical black mirror episode. So don't be kind of looking at it through that lens. It is a like red mirror presents kind of thing. So it is Brooker and company doing something very different. Uh, that I wonder if it will will turn into something else down the road. I don't know, but but just know, know it it is a very it it's meant to be a very different thematically and stylistically episode than than the rest of the things are. I'm excited. I don't know anything about it. Uh, I just I saw the movie poster, but I don't really feel like the movie posters give anything away really. Um, mm-hmm. And I just know the title. I mean, with the title Demon or the the name Demon being in the title, I was like, mm-hmm. well. I mean, I can take a guess, but it doesn't always really for sure tell you exactly what it's going to be. So I was like, well, it could be interesting. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, so I'm I'm taking them week by week. It definitely is. Uh, I'm excited (laughs) to talk about it, though. I'm excited for you to watch it, and we'll talk about it. It'll be good. I'm excited. I like taking them slow and easy. I I know it's anthology, and it doesn't ruin anything or, you know, spoil anything, but I do like the slow burn. Of yeah. uh, just enjoying them week by week, so yeah, I'm excited. I, I to do watch this enjoy one. doing that too when we like are forced to, but but when I had the choice, I'm like, I have no patience. I can't. I'm weak willed. <laughs> no judgment at all. I mean, ever like yeah. ever, and I know like you know so many folks. Even when we have something that isn't an anthology, they'll just burn right through them, and you know we're still on week two or something. So <laughs> no, not at all. Because if if I wasn't podcasting, then I would be too. Uh, so, yeah. And I don't know. I know we're at the end, getting to the end of Black Mirror uh, as far as the episode. I don't know what we're doing next. Um, mm-hmm. Pake and I have not yet had a conversation yet about that. I honestly don't know what's next. But, you know, mm-hmm. I'm enjoying the hell out of some TV. If I can, I've I, I've heard from uh, at least one person that I, through my incessant talking about the bear on Hulu, <laughs> that I <laughs> they get someone to, to like oh, I'm going to turn on because you keep talking about it. And I love it. It's so great. So that made me really yeah. happy. And then someone was like, you and Pink should cover it. And I was like, you know, I mean, season two is already over. It's out, you know, but I'm only, I just watched episode seven. Pink, have you watched it yet? No, I haven't it? yet. It is, it is on uh, the horizons. I think I, I will definitely start it soon. Uh, got some other stuff I'm trying to binge through, but I will, I'll get there. And it's not even about like, if if we decided to cover it or anything, I just really think you would yeah. be so. Oh, into I think it. I would love I, it for sure. I think based you would off love of it. the little bit I know about it, just just I know that it takes place in like a culinary food world, and I'm such a foodie that I'm already like I know that's going to be a fun part of it. But <laughs> just from that alone, I know that you're going to love it. But also everything else about it, I think you would absolutely love it. And again, if anyone listening, you know, if you haven't watched it yet, I. I, I just watched episode seven the other night and it was just probably one of the most amazing episodes of TV I've seen, you know, 
uh, happy emotion, uh, happy emotions all throughout, but yet crying at the same time. It was just amazing. So I don't know. Great. <laughs> it it was just yeah. It's I don't like to say anything because I don't want to spoil anything. But just I, I I'm really enjoying it. I don't know that we'll uh, be able to cover it. I know that they're going to have a season three. So I wouldn't, it's a little different than what we would normally cover, but I'm always like, you know, I'm fine to explore things that, you know, kind of go outside the box of something, you know, that we would normally cover. Um, So I don't know who knows. So stay tuned uh, to what we decide to do next. We're not, we're not there yet. (laughs) Yeah. I've got, when is the, uh, when is that welcome to dairy starting? I know that's getting closer. But you know, I don't know, I don't know like that there was a date. Close. Yeah, it says sometime in 2024. Oh, so we still got some time that, on that one. Yeah, they can't even. Well, and with the strike still going on right now, yeah. And you know, SAG just joined the strike. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not good days right now. Right. Um, so who knows when we'll be getting some things? So you know, we'll talk about it, and um, just I would say stay tuned. Yeah. But until then, definitely stick around with our Black Mirror coverage and stuff. Uh, can leave messages, feedback, all that stuff for the you know next week's finale episode or you know anything else. Maybe you guys have some ideas on what we should cover. We can get some feedback on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just hit up podcastica uh, dot com to find all the contact information for. Yeah, I'm always willing to take in some feedback and input. Um, we may or may not do it. You know, kind of <laughs> depends on. <laughs> If, yeah. if we're interested in it or not, and if it's in our schedule and what it's about, but I'm certainly open to hearing it. Yeah. Um, but while you're at podcastica.com, be sure to check out uh, all the other amazing shows uh, that are offered, especially Run for Your Lives with Paik and Daphne. What you got to tease for us this week? This week, I'm excited. It's going to be a really fun one. Uh, we are covering 1988's The Blob, so the remake Ooh. of that. Um, it was, it was a lot of fun to talk about, uh, cause we had a special guest on the episode. I think I mentioned it last week a little bit. Uh, we, so the movie was picked by our guest who is Zoran Gavoyich. Some may or may not know him from the YouTube channel, Dead Meat, where they talk about, break down and cover all kinds of horror movies. Uh, so it was really cool to have him on and yeah, you know, I think there's even going to be a video version available <laughs> out there somewhere. Nice. So. So that'll be really fun, I think, on YouTube, whatever. But uh, yeah, uh, Daphne had somebody else on her side who could uh, who could understand her pain with all of my puns and jokes, and was there for her and could <laughs> and could dish it back to me. She had somebody to help her fight back, so she appreciated that. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, that's awesome. it's, it's a fun one, a lot of fun. Zorin's awesome, so yeah, check that one out for sure. Well, that's great. I'll have to check that one out. All right. So, yeah, definitely check out podcastica.com. Like I said, you can see all the other shows that Podcastica is covering from Dead City right now to uh, that's kind of really it, honestly, that I can think of right off the top of my head. Uh, I know like the Yellow Jacket stuff and From and all of those, I, I think you're still going to try to do periodic, uh, you know, periodically release episodes covering different things just to kind of keep things going. So stay tuned to all those for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, other stuff is around the horizon with Cobra Kai and Ahsoka and all kinds of stuff that is coming up somewhat soon. So 
stay tuned to podcastica.com. You can go give love to all those shows, especially ours, perhaps. Uh, leaving reviews, ratings, subscribe, follow, all those things that you can do on your podcast players of choice and over on the website. We appreciate it. Uh, please and thank you in advance. Yeah. But for now, that is our show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Pate. And Kimmy Jane Nightingale is strange indeed. <laughs>